In these bleak days, humanity is at a breaking point. Economies are tanking. The woke mob is canceling everything. And the little guy who's just trying to run a small business is getting screwed from both ends. But not all is lost. Amidst the chaos, two men offer up their voices in the darkness, dropping 2,000-pound laser-guided truth bombs on today's lunacy. Introducing the Sirens of Sanity, David Pridham and L. Bradley Sheaf. Brad, the great Fontella base, uh, rescue me. We're all in need of a life preserver now and again. It seems like we could probably use three or four lifesavers apiece in this country we're in. And no one did it better than one Fontella. Is it bass or base? I, I was going to ask you the same question. I don't know the answer to that. I like bass because it's far more musical than bass, which is you know important if you're fishing, I guess. But uh, you know, if, were I a gifted musician as Miss Fontella was, I would prefer to go by bass. So let's just go with that. And I believe she performed that often in the 1980s. I'm not 100% sure. She may have passed before then, but what a great vocalist. Of course, David Pridham and Brad Sheaf here. We're now back from our remote program. So we've got the studio audience here. They're all uh, looking to see what kind of swag they're going to be taking home today. Uh, you can learn more about us on our website, ipfrequently.com. We're also available on all your social media, really, wherever you consume your social media, whether it be on the Instagram, the InstaFace, the TikTok, the Facebook, the Book of Face, the MySpace, or even an Atari 2600 console. If you go on there and you type in uh, at IP underscore frequently, you'll get what's coming to you. As you always did with an Atari 2600. Correct. And, and certainly uh, you, you got it uh, pretty good, but you always gave it right back. And the aliens always uh, regretted uh, effing with you, if you know what I mean. Well, this week, Brad, for the studio audience, we have offered uh, people may be wondering what these uh, beautiful fountains are we have in this studio and what they're why they're bubbling like this. Of course, we have a long standing relationship with the good folks at the malt beverage maker Zima. And today we have free flowing Zima and everyone in the audience, everyone, everyone. Uh, regardless of age or political party affiliation, can drink uh, from the teat of Zima to their heart's content. There are no limitations, and uh, the audience is invited to come up with their red Solo cups that they'll find under their seat and drink away. Yes, partake from the Zima fountain. Yeah, because, of course, the COVID crisis, as you know, is over. The CDC, Brad, came out this week and said that we really don't have to test anymore. We don't have to uh, take any more of the shots. Uh, a person who has had the vaccine and 15 boosters is to be treated the same as someone who simply caught the disease naturally and has natural immunity. Um, you really don't have to quarantine anymore. I mean, it's, it's really, really nice that the CDC is so nimble that they can move like this. And because of our um, CDC, Everyone is invited to come up here and drink um, and drink and drink uh, without a mask, without gloves. And quite frankly, if you, you're you finished and you don't want to complete what's in your solo cup, just pour it back into the fountain. Or into the cup of the guy next to you and save him a trip. 
Yeah, it does, doesn't matter, right? Doesn't matter. You, you heard the CDC. I mean, they are um, uh, uh, they are going to um, uh, let us do whatever we want. Johnny bar the doors. Now it's different for monkeypox, of course, Brad. But that's a different. Uh, different yeah, but there's disease. a poster for monkeypox. We're all set there. I don't remember ever seeing you know quite the same degree of artistic success with the posters for COVID that they had for monkeypox. I mean, it was it was literally perfect. Artistic wise, content wise, size and shape, color scheme, all of it was perfect for the prevention of monkeypox. And so I, I think we're probably all set there too. As long as you have a copy of that poster, and I'm sure you can download it from the CDC website, you should be all set. And they're off COVID. They're done with it. Um, next, Brad, the two big news items of the week. Uh, and of course, this is usually you, you're just talking about baseball and you know the pennant race and, and the uh, build up to the big U.S. Open tennis tournament, the National Croquet Finals. But uh, you know, there's a lot going on in the in the world today. And uh, of course, you know, first and foremost, we have the former president, El Presidente of the United States, Donald Trump, the big knockdown raid on Mar-a-Lago uh, a week ago, where the um, uh, uh, I believe the warrant said that they were looking for uh, confidential information and anything else housed near said confidential information. They went all the way through Mar-a-Lago. I believe they also raided Melania Trump's closet looking for nuclear secrets, including, I understand, the nuclear football is missing. So um, and, and also they, they did take the Trump's passports and the uh, president's goiter medication, I understand. So uh, I guess we, you know, we're, we're sort of ratcheting this up, ratcheting this up. And now in the middle of August, we've got these crazy raids on former president's homes. And it's almost like an homage to some of the great leaders of the past, you know, 30 or 40 or 50 years, you know, Idi Amin, Papa Doc Duvalier, Baby Doc Duvalier, um, the Shah of Iran, Brad, the Shah of Iran, great, uh, great, yeah. Um, Charles Taylor, Chucky Taylor. <laughs> yeah, Chucky Taylor. Yeah, yeah, that's one of the greats. And, and also had his own, uh, I believe he had his own Converse uh, shoe named after him. But uh, so it, 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 it seems like things are heating up here in the middle of August, uh, literally and uh, figuratively. And we've got a, uh, a very interesting thing happening with the former president. It seems like a lot of this, has caused people that were on the fence about Trump to sort of come to his defense. And it may actually help him out if he's not indicted first. Well, buddy, I mean, the whole thing is just so incomprehensible when you step away from it and just look at it, you know, at the 50,000 foot level. I mean, it's, at least to me, it is incomprehensible, right? So the, I, I and, and, you know, try, I, I don't know where any of our listeners fall in terms of, you know, you, you may be just absolutely in love with Trump would lay yourself down in traffic for him. You may want to, you know, take his head off with a wiffle ball bat. I don't know. You may be somewhere in between there, but just step away from all of that. Right. So let's just look at this as characters in a story. Right. So you've got the Trump character and uh, uh, apparently the allegation against him is that he's somehow still colluding with the Russians, right? So now let, let's let's make sure everybody understands this. You can go look this up. I'm not making this up. All presidents leave the White House with millions of pages of documents that theoretically are going to wind up being managed by the National Archives and put into their library, right? You may be familiar that presidents have libraries. 
That's where all of this information comes from. It comes from their administration. They all do it. I read a number someplace, I think it was something like 3 million pages of documents that the Obama administration took out, some of which were inarguably classified, right? Also understand that the president of the United States is the ultimate declassification authority in the way that our system works, right? So, not, so the fact that Trump took lots of documents out of the White House is just de rigor. That is what presidents do. And then eventually they, t- they wind up in their library and their legacy is made secure for better or worse, right? Doesn't matter whether you like the guy, that's the idea. Right. And so the fact that Trump had these documents is neither here nor there. All the presidents do. You could serve the same search warrant on any president. The Espionage Act does make it a federal crime to be unlawfully in possession of classified documents. You can always get a search warrant for a president on that. Right. Search warrants only require probable cause. Right. You just have to be able to demonstrate to a judge that, hey, it's reasonable that I think that I will find this stuff that you have to list as part of your search warrant after you say, you can't just say, I'm going to go look for stuff. You have to provide the judge with a list and say, these are the things I'm looking for. And this is why I probable cause believe they'll be there. And you could do that with any president. You could go into any judge and say, I have probable cause to believe that I will find documents that are marked as classified in this person's you know, domain. And you will always be right. So the idea that this search warrant was obtained should surprise no one if you're paying attention know how this works the idea that the department of justice would use this to get a search warrant for trump is what's totally bizarre right because every president is subject to the same action by any department of justice official right so once you change the regime you're you've now set a precedent that can be used against you and almost certainly will be used against you right so that's bizarre And the idea here is somehow that Trump is still colluding with the Russians. We've been through that. He was never colluding with the Russians. In fact, that Steele dossier has been debunked. It's all garbage, right? I mean, all of that, again, whether you like Trump or not, that's all garbage. And if you don't like Trump, you should be the first person to realize he's incapable of colluding for the overthrow of anything. He is the most egotistical, self-focused egomaniacal guy you're ever going to meet. He put out a press release because he got a hole in one on his own golf course. Who cares, right? That's the guy we're talking about. And yet somehow we think he is going to collude with a foreign government and somehow overthrow the US. It's ridiculous, but equally as ridiculous are are the measures the Democrats are taking because A, they're gonna be used against them, Right? I mean, you were just setting a precedent that is going to come back to bite you in the ass, and I do mean big time. And secondly, you're undermining the trust of government organizations that operate exclusively on trust. Right? I mean, for those of you who listen to your show, you know I used to be a special agent in the FBI. Can't tell you how many times I knocked on a door, and I would not have been allowed to enter that home and talk to that person unless they had let me. I show my credentials, I identify myself, and I say, hey, may I come in and talk to you about this episode because I think you might be a victim of a crime or a witness to a crime, and I would like to collect that information. And because of the reputation of the FBI, at least in my experience, everyone I asked that of said, yes, please, come in. There were times when I was offered cookies right, Mm -hmm. because I was an FBI agent. 
That's not happening anymore because of the damage that's being done to these institutions. And these institutions are valuable foundational pieces of our culture and society. And they are being ruined because people don't like Donald Trump. It is insane to ruin the foundation of the culture of the United States of America because Donald Trump is an a-hole. He is. Who cares? He'll eventually go away. I, I cannot understand why this is happening. Yeah, it, it is. Um, it, it, it seems like there would be an adult somewhere that would say maybe this isn't the best idea, especially if you look at the timeline. It seemed like I, I, I don't even know what these documents could possibly be that he's got in the basement of Mar-a-Lago or what the act. I mean, it could be more meddling in the election, um, but it, it seems like uh, there needs to be an adult somewhere and, and there just isn't uh, at all. And, you know, it's uh, it, it, it's really too bad because this is make no mistake about it. This is going to make uh, uh, this is going to make Trump's it's going to give him something to run against. Right. I mean, it's going to, it's going to give him oh, yeah, sort for of sure. fuel for his, uh, for his campaign. And if they don't think this helps him out, they're insane. All you have to do is look at what happened with Liz Cheney this last week. Um, but to make no mistake, this is going to, this is going to, uh, this is going to end badly and it's going to result in Trump getting more support because you, you actually can sympathize with what they're doing to him instead of being more strategic, which is something you really need to think about in this context. Next, Brad, last week, there was so much clamor about our discussion about nutrition that uh, people asked us to follow up on that and to talk a little more about nutritional choices that everyone is making, because everyone has sort of that uh, decision to make uh, every day. This week, the, uh, the team at Tufts University in Boston has come out with a new study after taking a look at over 8,000 food and drink choices um, and sort of rating them on a scale of one to, you know, who knows, 100, 150, 175, and uh, basically ascribing a certain level of points to each food. The more points the food gets, the better it is for you. Okay. And this is some research we've done because there was a little misunderstanding last week about some of those environmental impacts of a hamburger. And we obviously got raked over the coals of social media because of it. So this week we went back, we actually had a sit down lunch with the folks at the Tufts University and they have gone through and they have um, rated different foods and the higher the score, the better the food. Yeah. Okay. So uh, better Buddy, from the perspective of the environment, from your personal health, taste and flavor, gut satisfaction, I, what, what is the scale that we're on here? This is, this is what's called a food compass, a food oh. compass. Okay. And this helps you by, by tying a score to each particular food. The mm -hmm. higher the score, the better the food is for you. Okay. Is for you. So is that north? Is north the best north. direction to head on the food compass? It's due north. It's due okay. north. All right. Very we want to head due north. And so they've actually gone through and they've you know, rated these different things. So I'm going to give you some different, a couple of different foods. And you tell me which is healthier for you. Okay. Couscous or bacon? I'm going to go couscous there. Well, unfortunately, that's incorrect. Couscous. Oh. On the food compass gets 11 points. Uh -huh. Bacon gets 29 points. Well, okay. that's good. See, that's good because couscous blows and bacon is delicious. But I just assumed because that was true, 
the couscous had to be better for you. I'm still a little confused by the scale. Like I've never seen a compass that has like where you can get points on a compass. It's almost always directional. How about a cheese omelet or a stack of fast food pancakes? See, buddy, you got me on the last one. Now you got me double thinking this. You know what? Cheese omelet. Cheese omelet, you're right, does have 26 points. Unfortunately, though, a stack of fast food pancakes, according to the food compass that was developed in a laboratory by the good folks at Tufts University, has a score of 65 points. A stack of fast food pancakes Mm -hmm. is more than twice as good for you Correct. As a cheese. Uh, see, buddy, I, th- I think you are you certain of the directionality of the scale? We had trouble with this last week. I, I am 100 percent. I've talked to the people at the Tufts University and I am I am understanding this correctly. Multi-seed okay. bread versus Cheerios. What what is going to what is going to have a better score? Oh, boy. In terms uh, of your health. Well, you know, Cheerios is supposed to be super healthy for you. So I, I'm going to go that direction. Not only is it is it better for you according to the food compass, but it's almost three times better for you. 91 points for the Cheerios, 32 for the multi-seed bread. How about this? A granola bar, garden variety granola bar versus mm-hmm. a cone of chocolate ice cream. A waffle cone, chocolate ice cream. All right. Well, a couple of times you throw me for a loop here. I, I am actually going to go chocolate ice cream in this case. Well, it's good you did, Brad, because the granola bar garden variety scores 15 points on the food compass. Unfortunately, well, fortunately for you, the cone of chocolate chip ice cream, 35 points. So again, this food compass has turned everything uh, that we knew about food upside down. Buddy, that's, that's good news. I mean, at this point, I am scheduling myself. My next meal is going to be bacon and chocolate ice cream with a stack of fast food pancakes on the side, you know, just sort of to wash it down, if you will. Yeah, why wouldn't you do that? I mean, you'd be well, crazy I, not to. You would. I mean, according to the folks at Tufts University, which is one of the 782 universities one will find in the city of Boston, Massachusetts, that these folks are pointing you in that direction using their very handy food compass. You, you eat pancakes, you eat chocolate ice cream, you, you know, eat as many pieces of bacon as you possibly can. Then you just scoff at the poor dumb bastard who's having a bowl of couscous. Scoff. Exactly. Exactly. You laugh and you just, you just, what, what a miserable existence. And then you grab yourself your Zima, you sit down, you enjoy yourself. Like a gentleman. Yeah. Next, Brad, an update on the duck sauce killer. I thought, I bet you thought we were done with this. Well, buddy, I, I, I'm going to be honest. I, I did think that we were perhaps done, but I was hoping that we weren't. And I, I think this is good. This is like three or four weeks in a row. We've been able to pursue this story. Yeah. Now, listen, this is this is very interesting because we now obviously the duck sauce killer is Glenn Hirsch. He is mm-hmm. the uh, gentleman who called in an order of uh, Chinese food and uh, New York City and uh, was uh, startled to find out that it didn't include duck sauce. And um, and, and then he he, he shot the delivery man. Um, and I believe, Brad, you said that was something that was reasonable. Is that correct? You said that was a reasonable response? Well, of course. I mean, you know, especially in this day and age in, in the U.S., you don't get exactly what you want, whether you paid for it or not, whether you've earned it or not, whether you're entitled to it or not. You just you, you act violently. That's what you do. It's America. Yeah, and, 
and, and of course they quickly turned on him when Glenn Hirsch, when he did this, they, they hauled him away. The interesting thing is that when the police looked into the refrigerator of Glenn and Dottie Hirsch, what did they find? But a stockpile of condiments, of duck including sauce. duck sauce. Of course. Yeah. The police said that uh, the 51 year old had quote stockpiled duck sauce and other condiments in his fridge and they can be seen in some images and listen i mean he must have been pretty angry at this delivery man because he had stockpiles of duck sauce and yet he still saw the need to shoot the delivery man i mean do you think does that change your view of this as a justified shooting do you think maybe you would change your opinion now well, I, you know, I don't know. I, I mean, how do you think he got all the duck sauce in the refrigerator? I mean, obviously, he, you know, has a very stern policy about duck sauce. I mean, if you're going to deliver Chinese food, you bring the duck sauce. Yeah, look, I, um, I think that's I, there's a lot to unpack there, but I think it's all right. So I won't even try. And uh, obviously, this is the story, the gift that keeps on giving. Um, and uh, we'll continue to monitor this, but uh, it appears that the duck sauce killer, who we thought had no duck sauce, apparently had more duck sauce than he was letting on. Yeah. And again, when you look at it reasonably, that makes sense. Uh, next, Brad, the big update on the Biden family. Of course, they're in the middle of their big vacation this week in um, Kiwa Island, South Carolina. They're vacationing with friends and come to find out that Dr. Jill Biden has tested positive for the COVID-19 Omicron virus, um, which, you know, sort of leads to physician heal thyself, I guess. But uh, big news, obviously, uh, America is on pins and needles that its first lady, a doctor, a doctor, um, no less, is uh, suffering at this point. And uh, she is now forced to isolate in the 20 bedroom mansion they're staying in gratis in uh, South Carolina. Um, Brad, what, 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 what say you about this? Is this a, do you think this is a good thing that she'll be spending time apart from, uh, from Joe, a bad thing? Do you think maybe we could get her uh, a couple of egg rolls with some duck sauce to make her feel a little better? What, what's your take on this? Well, didn't, didn't we just get done saying the CDC said you didn't have to quarantine anymore? Well, what is wrong with these people? She is quarantining in their mansion in, uh, uh, South Carolina. She's calling it isolating, which I think is interesting. Um, she's experiencing mild symptoms, um, but she is isolating in the private residence. She she is still going to have the servants come in and serve her. Um, but other than that, well, she's going to yeah, be in isolation. She doesn't want to be in. She doesn't want to be isolated while she's isolating. I mean, she's the first lady. So you know what, buddy? I, I just I, it it doesn't come across well in this venue, you know, sort of in the podcast medium. I just shaking my head. I mean, at some point in time, the Bidens. I, I realize that they probably believe that part of their you know rise to the presidency was hinged upon the pandemic and overpromising and underdelivering, as they certainly did in that respect with immunizations and, you know, putting an end to the pandemic, which Biden said he was going to do. And, and all that, of course, is nonsense. It was nonsense from the get go. I mean, the very nature of a pandemic is you can't just suddenly decide you're going to end it. But at some point in time, they need to let that go. Right. I mean, Joe is feeble and he apparently had it twice and, you know, it didn't do anything to him. The last I saw, he was out pedaling around on a mountain bike, again, tempting fate. And 
you know, and then and I got Jill Biden, who is, you know, much his junior and seems doctor, to be doctor. Yeah, well, whatever, PhD. And, uh, you know, since she's isolating, it's, it's ridiculous. Let it go. Let it go. Okay, we'll let it go. Uh, next, Brad, the big controversy, of course, you, you know, we talk all the time about big legal disputes, right? What we like to call the business minute. Yes, where we the biz sit man. back. Bizmin. We call it the Bizmin, yeah. where we sit yeah. back. And of course, the whole show is directed at giving, arming small business owners, employees, employers, COOs, CFOs, chief strategy officers, Brad, CSOs, mm -hmm. um, sort of empowering them to take on the day and understand what's going on in the world. That's sure. the purpose of this whole program. Um, and often people ask me, they say, David, um, you know, I am having a dispute over a big inheritance that I'm supposed to come into. And uh, what, what should I do? Or should I get legal counsel? And you see this all the time. You sure. see um, with the Rockefellers, there was the big fight over the estate. The Kennedys recently had a squabble over some, uh, some, some land. You see it with Bill Gates. You see it with Jeff Bezos, uh, uh, Warren Buffett, Warren Buffett. So all, Steve Jobs, all these people have very, very complicated estate plans um, to avoid fights over very valuable um, uh, estates. And so now we've got the next uh, sort of one up, the next one in the queue where people are battling over an estate. I give you Jason Freeman, who is a former MMA fighter in um, Bradenton, Florida. I believe the uh, Bradenton Bees are the local high school team mm -hmm. who is battling uh, Daniel Argolugas, um, who is also from from, he's from somewhere, um, and they are battling over the uh, rights to the estate of the late great Charles Manson. Uh, Jason Freeman says that he, the MMA guy, says that he is the grandson of Charles Manson, and he is trying to inherit the killer's estate. And uh, now, uh, when he when, so the grandson goes to probate and tries to get this whole thing through probate, and mm -hmm. then uh, Daniel Argalugas. Uh, has shown up and he says he is the mass murderers by getting the head of the Manson family, uh, the mass murderers biological son, thanks to a one night stand that uh, that uh, the uh, crazy Charles had with Argalugas's mother back in 1959. And so uh -huh. now the judge is going to call all these people in front of him, and, uh, you know, they're going to see who gets all of the uh, state of the late great, uh, Charles Manson, which begs a, quest a question, Brad, what's in that estate? Exactly. That is the question, my friend. So I will ask it of you. What is in that estate? Well, at this point, Brad, there's not much. I mean, there's there are no bank accounts. There are no certificates of deposit, no bonds, no stocks. Um, it appears no, no real property or fake property. Um, it appears that it just is... Um, the uh, there are probably a pile of notebooks. There are two or three dead rodents. They appear to be mice. Not sure. They really can't be identified. And then I believe there is some peeled off human skin. And I think that's about that's about the um, the uh, long and the short of it. Plus, of course, the movie rights to Charles Manson's great story. So uh, yeah, there you are. And I mean, and this is something that's you know, I don't want to say it's completely. Um, crazy but uh it, it, you know fighting over this man's legacy is uh it's gonna make you wonder well but i'm gonna go out on a limb and say that the argument stems not from the notebooks 
or the dead rodents or even the human skin, but over the rights to the Manson story, which I'm guessing both of these two gentlemen are assuming is going to entitle them to a very tidy sum of money when the Discovery Channel and the Learning Channel and, you know, who knows who else wants to do a little expose on old Chuck Manson. They're going to have to come to either an MMA fighter or some person whose occupation is yet to be revealed <laughs> and pay for that. Right. So my guess is that's where they're trying to go with this. I, my second guess, not that I'm second guessing my first guess, just my my next guess in a row, if you will, is that the probate judge wants to find an open active volcano and throw himself in it. That would be my second guess. Yeah, it's it's uh, listen, it's a battle. Um, and it's one that we're going to monitor because the hearing is coming up. I think probably one or both of us should make the trek to um, uh, wherever this is taking place and take copious notes. I, of course, can't go because I am busy that weekend. Finally, Brad, uh, this segment will end it with Unsolved Mysteries, Unsolved Mysteries, where you and I um, uh, are able to get to the bottom of some of the biggest mysteries imaginable. We've already dealt with the JFK thing. This week, Brad, we've got the moon landing uh, in, uh, in in question. Uh, a bunch of uh, moon landing zealots have studied some of the pictures of uh, um, Neil Armstrong, I believe Buzz Aldrin, um, Lou uh, Ferrigno, I believe was up there. And they've mm-hmm. actually looked at some of the close-ups. And if you look very closely into the visor of uh, Neil Armstrong when he is supposedly, Brad, prancing around the moon, Mm -hmm. you will see a cameraman in a hoodie, what appears to be a hoodie, uh, just sort of standing on the other side of of, uh, Neil Armstrong there, um, proving once and for all that this was all filmed in the Mogabi Desert. Well, you know what, buddy? I, I don't really know what to say about that. I don't see it well you've got a guy filming you've got a guy with clearly some sound equipment what appears to be mark zuckerberg in a hoodie i'm not buying it plus again as every if you listen to the show you know i'm not a believer in government conspiracy theories the government is not capable of fomenting a conspiracy of this magnitude simply not too many people involved someone would have come out and said nah you know what we are all out in the mojave desert uh sorry right so I just I'm I'm not I'm not buying it. I am. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say here and here and now that the moon landing was a hoax. So far, it's been a good show. We've solved a lot of problems. We've uh, actually probably posed more questions than we've answered, but that's okay. And uh, the hits just keep on coming. Brad, uh, really quickly, um, we are now in sort of the home stretch towards the big election of 2022. We like to call this the a big election of 2022 minute. And it's a little bit uh, difficult to hear because a lot of people in the audience are now uh, you know, pretty, pretty drunk. Um, but uh, we like to talk a little bit about what's going on in the world of politics and uh, what you can expect when it comes to this, uh, uh, this, this big election. So first, Brad, I give you, um, and, and, and we like to look at these little races, right? People, people often overlook the little races at their peril. Yeah, all politics is local, buddy. A famous person said that. That would be one uh, Thomas P. Tip O'Neill said that. Oh, well, there you go. Probably quoting somebody else. Um, but we like to look at these little um, uh, 
uh, districts. And uh, you know, Oregon is a state that you and I have talked about often. Uh, the Oregon House of Representatives, once again, most of, if not all of the members will be on the ballot again this year. And I give you Anthony Medina, Brad, Anthony Medina, ah, a, a Democratic- his friends as Funky Cold Medina. Tony, Funky Cold Tony Medina, correct? He's Good. a Democratic candidate for the Oregon House. Um, he is, uh, and look, look, the Oregon House, this is a very woke society. You know, Oregon is a different place. It's a different place. And so uh, we uh, know that Mr. Medina is running. He's a progressive. He's woke. And uh, now come to find out that he is in the middle of some very complex litigation. My goodness. It turns out that Anthony Medina has brought a claim against a massage parlor for $450,000 and injunctive relief, claiming that the uh, owner of said massage parlor... um, Fuchs use Zen. Um, sh- <laughs> I'll bet you sh- did. Should, I mean, well, F U X I U. Fuchs you? <laughs> it's uh, not me, buddy. <laughs> I'm just, listen, I'm the messenger here, but he has asked for $450,000 in damages and that uh, the uh, three spas owned by Fuchs you Zen be shut down and that Miss Zen be barred from running massage parlors in the state of Oregon going forward after um, uh, Miss Zen apparently, again, according to Mr. Medina, Miss Zen tried to have, and I quote here, sex with him. And as a result, the encounter left him suffering from nightmares and he's quote, unable to form close relationships. And it, it's, it, it, it's very rare that you see someone brave enough uh, as Anthony Funky Colt Medina, who gets out there and is willing to talk about some of the things that have happened to him, because obviously this is a big problem. And Ms. Zen, uh, if this is true, and again, we don't know, we have not, Brad and I have not delved into the, uh, the facts here. Okay, we have not looked at the infringement contentions, the validity, none of that. We haven't seen any of that. So we don't know. But um, uh, Brad, I do think it's interesting that Mr. Medina is willing to open himself up and be so vulnerable to uh, the voters that are going to ultimately put him put him into the potentially Oregon House of Representatives. We just see if I understand. So, Mr. Medina, listen, I'm not making this up. Okay, no, the, I'm, this not, is I'm not the election. Making it up. I just want to make sure sometimes, I understand. Sometimes you take this, you know, a little bit. You do this short shrift thing. I mean, th- this is a serious election we've got going on. We've got to focus on serious issues. So he admits to going to the massage parlor. That he admits. Yeah. And and his allegation is, I went there simply to get a knot in my right shoulder loosened because, you know, that's what they do in massage parlors, particularly those owned by gals going by the name of Fuxiu Zhen. <laughs> and instead of getting the knot removed from his shoulder very innocently, you know, I'm sure he was playing some racquetball or perhaps tiddlywinks and he got a little tied up. Yeah. And so this woman, you know, inexplicably just out of nowhere, I mean, he's just there to, you know, get return to his athletic prowess. And she just throws herself at him, you know, just, uh, you know, demands that he satisfy her sexually because that happens all the time right i mean that's you know guys go into massage parlors just looking to you know get a little relief from muscle tension 
and the purveyor of services there just throw themselves at them and demand that they, the gentlemen, satisfy mm-hmm. you know you know the ladies working. That happens all the time. Everybody knows it. And uh, and and as a result of this happenstance, uh, he thinks he's entitled to almost half a million bucks and wants to shut down all of her massage polish. Do I have that right? You have that right. Now, there's one other little bit of information you should know. The mm-hmm. mayor, the town mayor in um, in Oregon, um, Eric Swenson, came mm-hmm. forward after he heard about these allegations, also a Democrat, and uh, said that he had a similar experience. Yeah, same thing happened to him. He went in the massage parlor. <laughs> was trying to get back to tiddlywinks. And damned if those cagey women in there did not yep. just demand sexual satisfaction from him. Yeah, I mean, and, and it, it's shocking that these politicians would find themselves in these situations. But I'm going to go out on a limb here and say what's going on is what we call a racket Right. I mean, there's uh, there's money to be made here. Miss Jen probably wasn't paying off the mayor or the council member or house member. She said, nope, I'm not doing it. You clowns get out of my massage parlor. And suddenly the weight of the justice system is brought upon poor Miss Jen, who doesn't seem to be able to control herself, cannot find sexual satisfaction unless these two morons walk into her massage parlor. So uh, yeah, but uh, my hope is that this just blows up in the face of these two clowns, which I guess is it will. When the mayor of Woodburn, Eric Swenson, learned of this charge by Medina, he uh, came forward and he said, quote, he had, and I quote here, this is, these are not my words, participated in a few minutes of mutual groping during a massage ah. with the same Miss Zen mm-hmm. before deciding to leave, before deciding to leave the spa again. Listen, it, it, we're not sure what's going to happen with Funky Cold Medina. We know that Swenson got a little bit funky there and then left as well. But uh, very, um, very, very interesting happenings. We'll have to monitor this. Not too closely though. We really don't. No, want no, to. from a distance. Yeah, from a distance. Next, Brad, I give you the case of Julie Jaman, who is 80 years old. She has been a, a, a regular swimmer, right? And, you mm-hmm. know, Mountain View, California. We've got a friend out there, several mm-hmm. friends, but Mountain View, California, the YMCA, she's an avid swimmer. I believe she may have competed in the Olympics at one point, although that is not, um, that's not necessarily true. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Mountain View, actually Mountain View, Washington, Washington State, beautiful area up there. Uh, She has been an active member of the YMCA for 35 years. She has now been banned from the YMCA uh, because, yeah, banned, 80 years old, Julie Jamon. And the reason we know about this is because last week she was giving a speech uh, in front of the YMCA after the ban. And uh, they call it a ban, not a bar. And Mm -hmm. uh, what apparently happened was she had uh, taken a dip and then she went into the... um, uh, into the, the 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 back room there at the Y and was taking a shower to wash off the uh, you know the the whatever the chlorine and whatnot chlorine and the schmegma from the pool and uh, apparently heard someone in the other uh, area it sounded like a man's voice and uh, she encountered uh, Clementine Adams Clementine Adams of course a trans worker there who was hanging out in the woman's changing room. And uh, apparently, Miss Jamon made the mistake of asking Miss 
or Miss Adams, if she had a penis, and I quote that, if she had a penis, this led to a revolt, which led to the banning, which led to the speech in front of the YMCA, which led to a bunch of trans activists attacking Miss Jamon to the point where she had to call the police for an escort to her uh, to her home. Uh, but uh, by and large, um, what we're seeing here, I guess, is Miss Jamon is no longer a member of the Mountain View, Washington YMCA. Well, but it sounds like a real shame, you know, all the way around. I mean, she was simply trying to get some exercise in. She thought she heard a man's voice in the woman's locker room, which, you know, for 79 years and eight months of Miss Jamon's life would have been, you know, a thing you didn't have. Right. Which would have immediately resulted in, you know, there being questions asked of the management of the YMCA as to why are there men being allowed to work in the women's locker room while there are women in there showering? And I think the vast majority of Americans and probably just humans in general would have said, yes, indeed, let us ask that question. But no more, my friend, no more. It's the world in which we live. And apparently the world in which we live is one that a a nice, sweet, well, maybe sweet. I mean, who knows? Maybe not. Old woman, Julie Jamon, who's been swimming, did I mention at that Y, for 35 years, could be banned from the locker room while Clementine Adams is invited to stay. And look, Miss Adams may be a very pleasant fella, but I mean, you know, this is, uh, this is, who, who, who really, who really knows here? But uh, God bless them both. Finally, Brad, barter band, uh, John Lennon. John Lennon, and I'll, and I'll give you the uh, the uh, the backdrop here. Recently, Paul McCartney, who I believe is still alive, uh, did a concert in uh, the town of uh, Glastonbury, and uh, which I believe is in southern Vermont. And uh, he included a an AI John Lennon that did a duet of the um, great song "Yesterday." Um, actually, no, I've got a feeling. Um, and uh, the live Paul McCartney and the dead John Lennon, AI, John Lennon did this um, duet. I believe it's the first duet they've done in some time, if I'm not mistaken. That would be my and, guess, uh, yeah. Yeah. And so uh, in any event, uh, they do this duet. The whole crowd is crazy. Uh, McCartney says he's going to keep doing it. And then it turns out that Julian Lennon, son of John and Yoko, I believe Yoko Ono, basically has come out and said, no, you shouldn't do this. You don't have the rights to the uh, the likeness of my father. And I mean, it's a very, very uh, touching legal issue, right? It's a legal issue that, that touches on a lot of different uh major you know things we're going to be dealing with whether it be ai john lennon like an incredible hulk type deal like a uh, you know skynet with ipedia taking over the universe i don't know but uh a lot 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 to unpack there but i guess ultimately the question is should ai john lennon be barred or banned if his offspring don't agree that he should be performing with paul mccartney who by the way he hated when he was shot by uh, John Wilkes Booth. Hmm. I didn't know that. Uh, but assuming that's true, then that does sort of add a, a bit of a twist to the story. Because if it is true that Mr. McCartney and Mr. Lennon were on the outs at the time of Mr. Lennon's unfortunate and untimely demise, then it probably is taking a bit of advantage on the part of Mr. McCartney to you know use his image without permission. Now, you know, you and I, buddy, we are incapable of seeing into the depths of a man's soul. And even Ipedia 
has difficulties with that. IP, yeah. Thank you, buddy. It's a it's a catchy jingle, and and so I, I you know I don't want to be overly critical of Julian. If Julian honestly feels like his father would not want to be party to this, then I think it is legitimate for Julian to say, "Hey, wait a minute. You know that you're just you know you're using my dad. He didn't like you." To quote the great Chevy Chase in Caddyshack, "My dad never liked you." If that is the case then I think Julian is standing on solid ground. If this is once again, much like Funky Cold Medina and the good mayor of Woodburn, if this is all about money, then you know that sucks, right? I mean, it sucks to drag John Lennon's dead artificial intelligence image through the mud mm-hmm. uh, for the purposes of, you know, Julian just wants to see a couple of extra, you know, pounds, I guess, in the old bank account. That's too bad. And if that's the case, then I, I would, you know, feel differently. But I'm going to give Julian the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to assume that what you said is true and that uh, McCartney and Lennon were on the outs at the time of Lennon, the, sh- the fatal shooting of Lennon. And therefore, I'm going to say that that until this can be worked out between McCartney and Julian Lennon, that that it should be, it should be banned, unfortunately, because it sounds cool. I mean, if you're a Beatles fan, I can see why you would like it. But yeah, again, I, I, so you're saying banned. I'm saying for the for the time being, until we can figure this whole thing out, yes, I think you have to ban it. So it's like a temporary um, banning, but would not necessarily be a permanent ban. No, and I would not. I, I think based on my incomplete knowledge, it's not a bar at all. I think it's just a temporary ban. See, I'm going to go a little bit differently. I'm going to say we should bar AI John Lennon from the women's locker room at the mm-hmm. Mountain View YMCA. And, you know, that that keep in mind, there's a lot we've sort of developed here, right? We've learned, you know, once again, COVID is not dangerous. Buyer beware when it comes to a happy ending massage. And you can never have enough duck sauce. And given or chocolate all that, ice cream or chocolate ice cream, and you're better off eating that than the couscous. Um, but given all that, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to stick with my guns there. And I think the uh, AI John Lennon should not be allowed in the uh, woman's locker room at the Y. And I completely agree. And that's it. But I mean, there's nothing really more to be said on that subject. But, you know, based just on the last several months, not even going back the years we've been doing this show together, my friend, but just on the last several months, I'm going to bet that while we put a period on that sentence, we have resolved that issue, that more of them will arise in the coming week. And so you'll see us right back here next week on IP Frequently. This has been IP Frequently. Once again, clearing a forest of lies with the machete of truth. You're welcome.